Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Joining me at this time, a first timer. I'm assuming Detroit, Michigan, because, look, we're going to be talking to Detroit Lions on this very program. He's got the Detroit Tigers hat all in on the Scott Harris rebuild. Mike Payton of Pride of Detroit is here. Mike, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Chase, for having me. Well, thanks for being here. I know it's uh, kind of tough times uh, a little bit for the Lions because the Lord giveth the Lord taketh, uh, you get an offense and then the defense evaporates and then you think you have an offense and then the Patriots take away that offense too. And it's, it's just such a weird year for the lions because you came in and you, you're on hard knocks and there was a lot of buzz and it's a real likable group. And one of the things I thought was interesting was that Dan Campbell was dead set and was, was genuine when he meant uh what he meant about Jared Goff and just like we're not going to force a quarterback we're going to build everything else out like we can win uh with Goff and I was like well we'll see we'll see depending on how long he gets because I think it's going to take some real buy-in from ownership in the front office and the fans and I don't know uh that's just that hasn't worked for a lot of coaches who try and put off the whole quarterback thing uh in this league and then Goff's been awesome and been one of the five most exciting quarterbacks uh, through the first four weeks up until this past week. And you're like, all right, so maybe it's not golf. It's something that we hadn't anticipated at all being a big, big source because Aaron Glenn just being uh, a household name and someone I think uh, all around the league was just like it was a great hire and uh, was a great fit. But it's been bad. So I want to start. I know I just hit you with a lot there. I want to start with like what changed for the offense this year from last year? Um, it's it's really a bunch of different things converging at the same time. Um, the first one is, you know, last year at the beginning of the year, Khalif Raymond was was Jared Goff's number one receiver. Mm. They they had uh, uh, they had signed Brashad Perryman and they had signed uh, uh, Marcus Williams, um, and 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 both those guys Williams got hurt early, and uh, Brashad Perryman got cut in training camps. So mm -hmm. it, it was basically let down to, uh, Khalif Raymond. So, uh, that didn't work out very well. Obviously golf's very early start in Detroit was not good. Not good at all. Uh, a lot of interceptions, a lot of fumbles, a lot of short passes, a lot of just weird, weird looking offense. Um, halfway down the season at the bye week Anthony Lynn is let go. Well, not let go by the lions, but he's, he's, his, uh, play calling duties are, are taken away from him. And Dan Campbell begins to call the offense. Then you see the rise of Amon Ra St. Brown. And then the Lions also bring in Josh Reynolds and all these things. That's where it started. And uh, and, and over the summer, they, they uh, gave the offensive coordinator position to Ben Johnson, who kind of worked hand in hand with Campbell last year in drawing up some some pretty entertaining plays. Basically, if you saw an entertaining play that the Lions did on the, the second half of the season, it was always you always heard later that Ben Johnson had something to do with that. Hmm. So the offense has been basically tailored to what Jared Goff has is good at, and that's play action passes, a little bit of shotgun here and there. And uh, DeAndre Swift came back healthy. T.J. Hawkinson came back healthy. They had their offensive line healthy for the most part. 
So it was really just a convergence of all those things. And, and I think the really the big thing of all that is that Jared Goff kind of got some of that confidence that he had in, in his 2018-2017 uh, time in Los Angeles. He got that back. Somewhere along the lines, he lost that with McVay. But you could tell that he's a way, way different player now and a lot more confident. Where is Goff noticeably different, though, from a year ago? What have you noticed outside of the play calling from last year and just the options that he has out wide? Where, where is he noticeably different? Well, with the exception of the, the Patriots game where he kind of mm. – it's almost as if he forgot everything he'd learned. He, he has been a lot better at handling pressure. Hmm. Uh, early on in the season last year, he did a lot. He did this weird spin move thing. That <laughs> if you watched Sunday's game, you you saw it a couple of times. He brought it back. Uh, he he could not get away from pressure, and if pressure was coming, he would he try the spin move, or he it's like a nervous he, tick. Yeah, or he try to run backwards, and he would wind up getting sacked for more yards than he probably would have gotten sacked for. Uh, now he's 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 doing a good job of um, kind of getting away from that pressure. Uh, letting it get by, stepping up in the pocket, getting rid of the ball instead of trying to make something happen. So th- those those are some big uh, things that you've seen from him. And also, he's he's kind of bringing back that deep ball and throwing into some windows that you probably weren't used to seeing Goff throw into. So it's it's he's he's been a lot different. If you forget Sunday, <laughs> well, does that make you feel better about the Jamison Williams pick and like when he comes into the fold, like how I. If Goff is going to utilize him and he is going deep more, it seems like once Jamison Williams comes back, and I'm assuming he comes back at some point this year, um, that will be a, a nice late-season surprise for him, right? Yeah, I, I'm guessing he's going to be back in November at some point in time. Don't quote me on that. It's, it's just a guess. But, uh, mm. uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's going to make a huge difference. You, you saw uh, the speed that Jamison Williams put on in Alabama. He's he's incredible. Um that that uh, that breakaway speed that he has that he can he can get separation a lot of the uh, that was what DJ Shark was brought in to do and and so far he's he's kind of been a bit of a disappointment um, you know he's 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 been injured the last couple of weeks but before that he's been kind of uh, you haven't really even noticed he's been on the field it's been mostly Amon Ross St Brown and Josh Reynolds getting those targets but Jamison is going to make a, a big difference to an already pretty good offense I like it. Um, on the defensive side, though, why can they not stop anyone on defense, Mike? Yeah, I think it's, you know, uh, again, I think it's a combination of a few things. One, they're incredibly young and inexperienced. This is mm. the Lions as a whole are, I think, the second youngest team in the entire NFL. Hmm. Uh, so that that goes, you know, um, that, with that comes a lot. You're learning the NFL game. It's not an overnight thing, you know. Not everybody can be like JJ uh, Watt and just come in and master it immediately, mm. uh, you know. So I, I I think what you're seeing is a lot of inexperience, and you're also seeing kind of uh, some of the things that Aaron Glenn has taught this team to do is to be aggressive. Dan Campbell has that too. It's be aggressive, go after the guy, rush after him, you know, get in there and get it done. And I think that aggression is being used against them, especially when they're you know trying to to you know, uh, blitz, you know, you live and die by the blitz and the lions are dying by the blitz. They're just not getting home and they're just allowing too many things to happen. And, and, uh, and then, you know, the other thing is injuries. Like people just keep getting hurt. Tracy Walker got, uh, it got hurt a couple weeks ago. He's out for the season. Um, Sunday's game against the Patriots. The lions were down to like, 
you know, if one more uh, secondary player would have gotten hurt, they would like, I don't know what they were going to do. They would have had to trot a defensive tackle out there or something. It would have been really interesting, but yeah, they kept, kept going through, through injuries there. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of learning that needs to be done. And I think they're still trying to figure out how to use guys like Aiden Hutchinson and what positions to put him in. And, you know, do you stand him up? Do you three point stand him? You know, it's, has he been good? Because there's been a lot of folks who are like, well, he had some really open sacks. He's getting through. Uh, he should be doing it. It's not really him causing it. It's just uh, schematic sacks for him. Has he been a little disappointing, or is it just a position thing like you're saying? I, I think it's a position thing. No, I wouldn't say that he's been disappointing. I mean, obviously, when you draft a guy with a second overall pick, you want him to be like this incredible you want him to be TJ Watt, you know, you want him to come out and start sacking people immediately and he's getting pressures. And, uh, you know, uh, he was the highest graded defender, uh, on, uh, the lions on Sunday. I think he had Mm. like an 80 or something on on pro football focus. So he's did that match what you saw. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, he's not, he's not getting to the quarterback, but a lot of that has to do with you know, he's not getting help anywhere else along that line. Mm. Like he's getting double teamed constantly. And and nobody else is taking that pressure off of him. Charles Harris was supposed to be that guy after having a, a pretty big season last year. He had ten sacks, but you know he's he's kind of taken a step back, and uh, and and the interior defensive line is is not playing well at all, really. Uh, so basically everything's falling on on Hawkins or not Hawkins, excuse me, Hutchinson, mm. and uh, and yeah, you know he's he's kind of suffering for it, but. You know, well, speaking of Hawk, you he yeah. killed me this week in fantasy. He is my fantasy tight end and uh, on my wife's league. Cause that's better. I'm telling you, like, uh, folks, uh, if you're married, uh, just have your wife have the team, and then you're just like the shadow GM. You don't have to kill your like. You're not losing your mind every Sunday, but you're yeah. you're the shadow GM. If you, it's it's a lot more fun. You don't get as annoyed when uh, things don't go your way. But uh, the Hawk uh, nothing burger this week after the thirty yeah. something the week prior, man. Uh, what what is going on there? Oh, excuse me. I uh, I think that you know the Patriots knew exactly what to do. Obviously, Matt Patricia <laughs> yeah. is on is on that coaching staff. T.J. Hawkinson was who they drafted. He you know he mm-hmm. was a featured player while he was there, and they they had Kyle Duggar all over him. I mean, there was mm-hmm. nothing that that Hawkinson could do, and uh, and I think Hawkinson's the kind of guy that is. I think he could be a good T uh, a good TE, but I think mm-hmm. he's a guy that has to really take advantage of of situations you know where the receivers are taking most of that attention away and i think that's where you get your good tj hawkins and stuff um I, you know i don't know i don't know with with tj i don't i, I i'm starting to wonder if he's going to be in detroit for the long haul but mm. we'll see interesting um well in the back end jeff okuda uh has he been good are you feeling good about where okuda is this year yeah, you know, he started off really well, uh, had a great game against Minnesota, really shut down Justin Jefferson, which was kind of a big shocker. Um, did, did sort of the same with uh, Terry McLaurin and uh, A.J. Brown earlier in the, in the uh, season. But D.K. Metcalf kind of really beat him up, uh, you know, in, in, when they played Seattle. And, and, he, and he played fairly well against the Patriots, too. He's he's uh, he's another guy that's like, you know, he's he's you forget how young he is in, in terms of the game. Uh, he's, he's, we got drafted three years ago, but he's only really played like a half a season cumulative because he's dealt with injuries in both those years. Mm-hmm. So, so everything is still new to him, but I think he's coming along really nicely. And, and, uh, I think that after, 
after some time, you know, next year you might see him take another step. Who's been the biggest surprise thus far on this Lions team? Well, it's Malcolm Rodriguez, mm. you know, a six-round draft pick. Like, nobody expected this guy to – when he got drafted – He's the Oklahoma State linebacker, right? Yep, absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's the guy who was doing the salsa dancing and dancing like a cowboy and all that on hard knocks. Mm. When, when he got drafted, uh, my first assumption – I think a lot of people in Detroit's first assumption was, okay, well, here's a special teams guy. You know, he's so short, and, mm. uh, you know, it, that was a concern. But he just wowed everybody from from the get go in training camp and worked his way up to the starting spot and he's been he's been really well he's been really great and uh, he's played he's been playing uh, good against Seattle he played good against New England uh, you know it, it's a huge surprise a six round pick you just don't expect them to start immediately over guys who have been on this team for a couple of years already but it's been good the biggest disappointment though has been who um you know the biggest disappointment I would. I would have to say is, uh, oh, DJ Chark. You know, I really mm-hmm. thought that he was going to come in and, uh, and and kind of open up this this uh, offense and stretch the field and and take the top off. But he just he's just been absent. You know, there's been a couple of times where he's caught some good passes. I think he had uh, he started the game against um, uh, Seattle off with I think two two catches. He got 40 yards and then he was just gone. You just didn't mm-hmm. see him after that. Um, had a nice touchdown against Washington, but uh, other than that, he's just a guy who is expected to be that that number one receiver or number two at least to, to St. Brown. You, it just hasn't showed up, and uh, he's on a one-year deal, so there's a good chance that he won't be here next year either, especially if Jamison shows up like everybody's expecting him to. I'm a big Jamison guy. I think he'll he'll be good. I wanted the the Falcons to go Jamison if they were going to go receiver in the one, but I'm happy with Drake London. Drake London's been oh, a lot of fun receiver, as well. Yeah. Everyone in this rookie class basically is good, so you're in good hands because I don't think there's been one underperforming rookie wideout taken early, right? Not that I can think of. I mean, Olave's look good and uh, Drake London's look good. Yeah, Garrett Wilson's been good in New York. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's a good time to draft a receiver uh, early. Um, Speaking of the draft, though, now that uh, the season's underway, we'll see ultimately what happens with the rest of the Lions season. It's a long season, um, and things can shift. But if they were to find themselves in the top four again next year, do you think they go pass rush? Do you think they go Will Anderson if they're uh, picking at number two, number three, to just solidify this Aiden Hutchinson and Will Anderson-type pass rush group? Uh, Because you mentioned Charles Harris, who I swear was – I think he was in the Falcons a couple years ago. He was, Uh, yeah. 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 Um, That – I don't know. Like, I can – it seems like that's more of the MO for Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell of, like, we want everything else to be perfected before we spend the the early draft pick on a quarterback. Do you think that's what they would do? Or – there would be too much pressure to pass on another quarterback if Bryce or a CJ Stroud is there. What What is your gut telling you right now that they'll do? Uh, if God, right, like assuming that Goff plays yeah. this way the rest of the season. Yeah, if Goff, if Goff plays this way the rest of the season, he's he's not going anywhere. Mm. Uh, you know, but if he if he does, the Lions do have an out in his contract. They're able to get out of it um, this year without you know taking on too much dead money mm. uh, otherwise he's he's here for two more years if if he continues to play this way uh, <clears throat> at least so yeah I think defensively is where you got to go I think they're gonna put the majority of their free agency money into that I think they're gonna put the majority of their draft picks into that as well and the good thing is they they 
they have, you know, could potentially, if the Rams keep playing the way they do, they could potentially have two top 15 picks. Uh, so that's uh, things could be going well there for for Detroit in the draft. But I yeah, forgot I, they have the Rams pick too. Yeah, the Rams are cooked, man. That offense is broken. Yeah, Stafford is taking a lot of sacks right yeah. now. It's not no Andrew good. Whitworth. Uh, it's really hurting them this year. Yeah, it's make it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't. Even, I forgot about that. Um, I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be interesting. Well, I will we'll end on this. Let's say they end three and fourteen, mm-hmm. but show and fight week over week. Do you think Campbell, Glenn, and Ben Johnson all make it out uh, into next year? If that's the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I I don't think that they're 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 in any danger of losing. No one their on jobs. the staff's in danger right now. No, no. I think I think that there's a there's a pretty well understanding that this is a rebuild, mm-hmm. and I know that the, the people were kind of expecting more from the Lions this year, and in a lot of ways they have shown more. You know, it's just that's not showing on the standings so far, but but they they definitely look like a better team than they did last year at this time. Um, but, but again, they're the youngest team in the league. Like it's, you can't, you can't expect that turnaround to be, um, you know, so fast. And, and, and after Matt Patricia left this Lions team, he essentially left nothing. Whereas, you know, usually you expect to inherit a team that, like they inherited nothing, you know, mm-hmm. Stafford left, Galladay left, like everybody left town right after Patricia did. So it was, uh, you know, it's, it's a rebuilding process from the studs essentially. Interesting. Um, on Sunday, what are you most uh, looking for out of your team? Well, Lions are on the bye week. Oh yeah, you are on the bye week this <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah, you so should be okay this week. Yeah. I'm I'm looking for uh, some rest and relaxation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the following Sunday, when they play the Cowboys, yeah. um, you know, really, I'm just I'm looking for them to make Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott or whoever it is that's going to play quarterback for that team. Make them beat you. Try to take mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott out of out of the equation, and and then they've been decent against stopping the run. Uh, but you know, I, I I this is gonna be a really tough, really tough game, regardless of who plays quarterback. Cooper Rush is really surprising people. Um, I I wouldn't be shocked if they just let him finish the season, or if something happened where Dak Prescott is gone next year, or I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, interesting. <laughs> Just uh, you got you got to stop that run and make the quarterback beat you there. We'll see what happens. What did y'all do to get the Bills on Thanksgiving this year? Uh, apparently, something really bad. Really that's, bad. Yeah, that's going to be a really really rough game. Goodness gracious! Have you been to a, a Lions Thanksgiving game? No, no, no. I, uh, no. That's that's too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's too. Much. That's, that's too the much. most Lions thing I've ever heard. My, that's too much. I can't get yeah. on my Thanksgiving. I can't do no, it. No, no. Need my turkey. I like it. I like it. Mike, what can the good folks look for you and all the, the good folks over at Pride of Detroit uh, this week? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at POD underscore Payton. Uh, got a bunch of columns going up for the Lions uh, starting next week. I'm kind of sort of taking taking the week off right now. But mm. uh, um, if you go to my uh, Twitter you, and uh, pinned at the top of my profile is uh, you'll see my I did a, a feature for uh, SB Nation uh, on Saturday, which is uh, I spoke with uh, a psychologist, a sports psychologist, and we went over the uh, what it's like for sports breakups, like when your favorite player leaves town, like for you when Matt Ryan left Atlanta, like maybe you were sad about that. 
uh, for a little while. We don't need while. to revisit all of that. And the, <laughs> yeah. that was, uh, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was rough. That was rough, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I kind of went into uh, um, an interview with a sports psychologist and we talked about why that's rough and why that feels almost like breaking up with somebody. So uh, really proud of, uh, of what came out with that. So if, you, if you'd like to read anything that I, I write, uh, I would check that one out. There you go. Uh, Mike, this has been a blast. I appreciate you making the time this afternoon, and uh, we'll have to reconnect again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chase. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.